enter heaven, we will be worshiping for, for the rest of eternity. Because Jesus is that worthy. And what he did on the cross for us is that amazing. That it has to, our response has to be worship. We worship because Jesus is worthy. Like, we place worth on him. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of our devotion. He's worthy of our attention. Um, and I love what, what it says in Revelation 6. And when I was younger and I read Revelation, it, it was weird a little bit, some of the scriptures. But it talks about the four living creatures. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature, like a lion. The second living creature, like an ox. The third living creature, with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature, like an eagle in flight. But there where it says... They had eyes, full of eyes in front and behind. And I was like, that's weird. But last year I just had this revelation. How amazing is it? God is so big and so glorious. Almost like they're busy worshiping God. So the more eyes you have, the more you are able to see who God is in eternity. So you've worshiped him for that characteristic. So like almost there's another eye that grows out. This isn't, I don't know if that's what happens. But like there's another eye that grows out of these creatures so they can behold Jesus more fully, and the response is worship. So, yeah, so that's fascinating for me. But speaking about eternity, only this side of eternity, we are able to give Jesus sacrificial praise. Where when our circumstances are tough, we decide we are going to worship Jesus. When, when we're running out of money at the end of the month, there's no food on the table, we decide we're going to worship God as the provider, even though it doesn't look like he provides. Or for me last year where I didn't have work for six months, I was looking for work for eight months. And after every interview and after every job opportunity and it doesn't come through, I had to decide I'm going to worship Jesus. I had to decide I'm going to trust him. I'm going to declare that he is good and he is who he says he is. So there's that sacrificial worship that we can still give him on this side of eternity. When we die, we are in eternity and there isn't, there isn't any brokenness. There isn't any suffering. There's, there are no tears in heaven. So the only response is, is one of awe and wonder. And there is no, almost no sacrificial praise. Um, yeah, scripture even tells us we must put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Okay, I'm actually misquoting that. It says Jesus and puts a garment of praise on us for the spirit of heaviness. So when we are feeling heavy in our circumstances... There's, there's something that happens when we worship Jesus, where we put on the garment of praise. There's a spirit of heaviness over us. There's a spirit of depression or spirit of whatever it is. I don't want to get too technical in terms of spiritual warfare. But there's just this heaviness over us in terms because of our circumstances. But when we praise Him, that gets lifted. You know? Um, Yeah, so what happens when we worship? And I touched on it a little bit already. But in Psalm 22, um, verse 3, it says, But you are holy. You are enthroned in the praises of his people. In the King James Version, or if you go back to the Greek word, it speaks about he inhabits it. He, he sits with you almost. He, he dwells in the praises of his people. And I don't know how many of you have experienced God's manifest presence when we worship. And I think most of us have because God is so gracious when we worship that he comes, that his presence comes and in, inhabits the praises of his people. So we experience his presence and, um, and there is freedom. 
2 Corinthians 3 verse 16 to 18 says, But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, when we are struggling to worship, when we are grappling with our circumstances, where there is difficulty, where there is hardship, where there is disappointment almost, um, for example, with me look, looking for work, there was disappointment. There was like, um, there was a choice that I had to make between hardening my heart towards God because God says He's good and He will provide and then experiencing the opposite, you know, where you feel like, oh, God isn't providing. Whatever it is, if you are struggling to fall pregnant, if you are struggling to find work, if you are um, struggling with, with children that are just not perfect, you know, whatever your struggle is, or you can think of your specific struggle, each and every person sitting here, whatever that struggle is, you have a choice to make. We all have a choice to make. Are we going to worship Him regardless of our circumstance, or are we going to harden our heart? And so often I would think, I would start to harden my heart, but then I would choose to worship Jesus. And that's where the scripture comes in. But when one turns to the Lord, so the steps are we must turn to the Lord and our face gets unveiled so that we can see Him. The veil is removed, it says. And now the Lord is the Spirit, and when the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So there's a freedom when we enter into praise, when we enter into seeing Him fully and worshiping Him. And then we are transformed one, from one degree of glory to the next, to another. Um, yeah, Scripture also speaks about um, Abraham, who had difficult circumstances. He just had his first son. He trusted God for years um, to have a son. And then God asked him to sacrifice this only son that he has. And that... I mean, that's a difficult circumstance, don't you think? I think that's pretty difficult. Um, but here's scripture in Romans 4 verse 20 says, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. So there's a growing strong in faith when we glorify and when we worship him. That's just what happens when we worship him. Like the main reason to worship him is because he's worthy. So, but then there are little secondary things almost that happen in His presence where we, we grow strong in the Lord. And I think the key for us in, in any circumstance is to, to humble ourselves because He gives grace to the humble. We need grace to do His will. Whatever God calls us to walk in obedience, whatever it might be, like we need grace to do that, to go through difficult circumstances. And Scripture's promise is that he gives grace to the humble in James 4 verse 6 but he gives more grace therefore it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble and how do we humble ourselves through worship the more we worship Jesus and the more we see how big he is the more we are aware that okay God is omnipotent he's omnipresent he is big above all things and he's the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end he's outside of time and all the other words that we will be singing now, now, like that's who Jesus is, that's who God is. And we 
scripture says, are but a vapor that appears for a little while and then it's gone. And when we realize how small we are in comparison to this great God, we, we do humble ourselves. I've, I feel much smaller when I see God fully. Um, and then grace is released. So in a sense, if you need grace, humble yourselves. How do you humble yourself? Through worship. So I don't want to put like a formula to, to receiving grace, but scripture is clear for me that, that worship produces humility and humility releases a grace for us to do His will. Not grace for, I don't know, prosperity gospel type of grace, but a grace to do His will, to walk in obedience, to walk through the valley of the shadow of death that He, that he takes us through. You know, we need grace for that. Um, and I think it is also a conversation of love where one of my favorite scriptures in Luke 7 speaks of the, the sinful woman um, who loved or who was forgiven much, therefore she loved much. And I want to land this here just in short about worship. And I'm going to read the whole piece, which is one of the Pharisees, and you can follow on top here. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say, teacher, a certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 5,000 denarii and the other 50. And then uh, and when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with the tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith is saved, you go in peace. And that's such a beautiful picture for me of worship. This sinful woman, like giving her year's wages, and we can think, how much is that for us? What is our year's wages? And she pours, it, she pours all of it out on Jesus' feet. Like that is complete devotion to who Jesus is. And sometimes we are the Pharisee that invites Jesus in, we go to church, we go to community, there's this form of relationship that we want with Jesus. But it's not that devotion that the sinful woman has. 
Like she's completely surrendered. She gives everything. And I think it's that, that awareness that she has of how sinful she is. And we sometimes forget how sinful we are in comparison to how holy and glorious God is. And when we realize, even if our sins were few in comparison to, to how big some other people's sins might compare, you know? There is an awareness of our sinfulness, our, the, the greatness of how much we've been forgiven as Christians. Like Jesus forgave us all our sins. He paid a massive price on the cross for us. We were forgiven much so we can love much. So worship is a thing of love. Like it's a relationship that we have. We fall in love with Jesus when we see him. We fall in love with him and who he is. You know, when he comes back, we are almost not surprised. Our relationship just goes on. We are like, wow, this is Jesus. And I think in our circumstances, like constantly pressing in, constantly turning to God and worshiping him, like you almost forget about your circumstances. You almost forget about, oh, I'm struggling with this, or, oh, my money isn't enough, or I'm struggling with a child that is difficult, or I'm struggling with, um, with my marriage, or I'm struggling to, you know, whatever it is, like we have a choice we can make where we turn to God, our face gets unveiled, and we see Him more clearly. And me and Esty were worshiping yesterday also in, the, in our living room. And I just felt the Lord say, it's like building a tent when we worship. Like one day we will see him fully and we'll be fully in his presence. And that will be so glorious. But now all we can do is like build this little tent where God's manifest presence dwells as we worship him and glorify him. And we can forget, maybe not forget, but we can be more aware of him than we are of our circumstances. So as we worship now, I just want to encourage us all to, to look at him fully, to, to say, Jesus, I'm turning to you again. I'm turning to you fully. Open my eyes. Unveil my eyes to see you. And that response is worship. Like restore the, the, the joy of my salvation, Jesus. There's a restoration of, of the joy of salvation where you realize, oh, wow, I've been saved of much, of much sinfulness. You know, we've been saved from, from all our fallen nature, from our brokenness, from our past, and we've been transformed by the blood of Jesus. And that response is worship. That response is love. Like that sinful woman that gave everything. And I want to encourage us as we worship, give everything. Sing your heart out like that, alab that woman that, that poured out the whole alabaster flask of oil, who probably wasn't welcome in that house. She just went in there boldly, weeping. Let us give Jesus all, because he's worthy. Amen. Okay, you can probably stand with us. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Stefan. Yeah, come, let's stand up. Let's come to the front and let's uh, worship. And like he says, let's, let's be like that woman and, um, and just really, really give it our all. I mean, the question is, how desperate are we for his love? And maybe we should be desperate for his love now. So let's come forward and let's do that. Let's praise the Lord.
Jesus, you are worthy of our praise. We want to see you for who you are, Lord. It's even now before we step into eternity, Lord. We see you dimly, Lord. But one day we will see you face to face, Lord. But may you find people of faith, Lord, when you return, Lord. May you find us with lamps that are full of oil, Lord. As we worship you, Lord. Every day, Lord. Not just now, Lord, but every day, Lord, as we worship you, Lord. Yes, Lord, we, we come and declare, Jesus, that you are worthy of all our praise, Lord. You are worthy of all our attention, Lord. We give it to you, Lord, because you are worthy. Holy Spirit, come and help us. Help us to worship Jesus fully. Help us to love him more. Help us to see him, Lord. We turn to you, Lord. With unveiled faces, Lord, we behold you, Jesus. Worship our King. Come, let us bow our feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done
the lady with the alabaster jar she didn't just pour some of it out or a little measure she poured it all out on Jesus' feet I think the two words go so well together about dancing in your all I think that's very good That I can't control 
the precious blood of Jesus Christ will come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. that you're thinking about now, people living close to you, people at your work, people that are so desperate for the forgiveness of Jesus. This town is so broken, so desperate, so empty, so hungry for the love of God. So let's just sing it again. But as you sing it, just sing it over your neighbors, sing it over your family, sing it over the people in this town that desperately need the Savior. Let's declare it. Oh, what a Savior, isn't He wonderful? Sing Alleluia, Christ is risen.
Christ is risen. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was put with the precious blood of Jesus one more call like Kenneth was saying that um, if you don't know Jesus maybe you're not sure who he is not completely maybe don't completely understand who he is and what he's done for each one of us please 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 come forward put your hand up so we can pray with you. Is there anyone? 